What's up and welcome to Groundbreaking, a friendly media original podcast bringing you the young creatives, redefining what it means to create and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today. I'm Jake Brewer. Let's get started. Today we're talking all about Friendly Fest, Friendly's first ever music festival dedicated to amplifying and discovering the talent of tomorrow. This lineup is truly amazing and I'm so thrilled to be joined today by Ama Apia, one of my friends and Friendly Fest's marketing director. We're talking today about communicating your messaging, focusing on what's actually motivating you, and the transition of live music from a pandemic to post-pandemic world. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Groundbreaking. I'm so, so excited that you are here with us today because this is an episode that I truthfully feel like I've been just not begging my friend here to do, but begging myself to just ask my friend here to finally be on this show because my guest today is truthfully one of the most inspiring and hardworking people I've met and we've actually never met in person. And I just realized that just now. Um, but I mean, however long we've known each other, not even six months, like from that very first like instant, I felt like there was a very natural like click and connection. I think we were shit talking the Grammys casually i'm gonna just casually drop that so you can go listen because i'm also gonna shamelessly plug her podcast um you'll get all of that here in a second so go listen to the episode that i was on too because if you want to hear us talk all about the grammys because i know you want that gossip and stuff um nothing too crazy in case the grammys are listening we still love you um okay uh kind of um enough okay Anyway, <laughs> my guest today is a superstar in the making, or actually scratch that, just a superstar. She is incredible, and I'm so excited to finally introduce you to my friend, Ama Apia. She is the host of The Bonnet Talks, and she is also the incredible, fantastic marketing director of this year's Friendly Fest, and is truly, truly just nothing short of absolutely stellar. So Alma, welcome to Groundbreaking. I feel like I've been waiting for this for a long time. This is, I'm like sitting here like, what? This is not necessary. <laughs> everything, I, I everything I just that. said was so necessary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and probably was, probably was minimal too. I probably could have gone a little longer. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to be on Groundbreaking. I've obviously listened to the podcast before. I've heard so much about it as well. And you came on my show to talk about it too. So it's actually just so awesome that like you want me to be on the show and actually be a part of like this iconic like show. So <laughs> makes me so happy. Yeah. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I love it too, because I remember when I was on your show, we were getting hyped for the second season of the show. And now you're here towards the end of the second season. I was just like, wait, we got to we got to turn this around quick and make sure that you're a part of this, because I feel like when we talked, you embodied so much of what I was really preaching. And I think almost like everything that we were talking about, you were like, yes, like I feel that exact same way. And it was a really, really great energy. And I remember ending that interview and feeling very like validated in my sort of feelings. And I mean, I feel like maybe you'll resonate with this in a sense, like any sort of creative project, you know, whether it be a podcast, whether it be an album, whether it be a film, whether it be, you know, uh, a showcase studio, whatever it may be, there is such like a, like fear inside of you of like, oh gosh, are people actually gonna, 
like this in any sense, because as much as we tell ourselves, it doesn't matter what people think, like there is always this craving for validation, whether you value that or not. Um, and I think I really felt that fulfilled after I talked to you. And so I just, I hope you know that, like that was, it was a very meaningful conversation, um, to me. And now I feel like you are going above and beyond to, you know, I feel like you're doing some charity work hopping on my show now. (laughs) Will you get out of here? What is this? What is this slander on a 9 a.m. <laughs> what it, is this? <laughs> it is 9 a.m. No. I did tell Alma right before that this is the <laughs> earliest I think I've ever. It also just goes to show our lives, like in how yeah. in, insane both of our schedule. Trying to schedule a time for me and Alma to meet is, is like ridiculous. getting the Avengers together. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm always apologetic to Jake. And at this point, I'm just like, at this point, you're just going to kill me because I'm just. <laughs> schedule especially the past like three months has just been for some reason just on like no for no reason chaotic just yeah but and you've had a lot you you've had a lot of like big life changes i know Um, i know this is the first this is the first episode i'm recording living in new york now which is Ah! weird i literally was late to our session today because (laughs) i had to figure out where i put the microphone (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a mess and it's been a great time. So much has been happening for both of us. I feel like over the last three months, um, another thing I feel like we vibe over is we really just, you know, like just stacking up everything and being like, well, I'm really busy right now. So what additional project could I take on to make (laughs) me really regret every choice I've made? Yeah. I think that's like my underlying mentality. (laughs) That's just the way to go. I understand. <laughs> but we've uh I mean we, quite literally we put a whole well we're, we are currently in the process of as much as I would like to think it's done because it's been a lot of work let me just also like say just for the records a very exciting experience and I love absolutely every single part of this festival but I this, the friendly fest has taken a part of my soul um out of me and I'm so glad to donate that um but it's also been awesome sort of traveling through this crazy time with you Ama, because I feel like you have such like this passion for you know music in the arts and really having people who are also very passionate about that arts coming to a realization or at least having an opportunity to really experience the fruition of of their passion that's a very fancy way of saying just give them an opportunity to do what they love mm-hmm. um and I think that's I think that's a huge reason we resonated and why I'm so glad you're part of the festival. Um, but I can also um, reel it back and stop just plugging my own sort of things. Um, we can also talk about you because I did steal you at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, so, nice. you know, I just a little, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can tell everybody, I will stop talking, tell everybody kind of, you know, what you're up to uh, our running joke as I continue talking. Okay. Our running joke is like, where is Ama today when we're talking to her on the phone? Hello. So it's always based off the zoom background. Can you guess which state she's in today? <laughs> so why don't you start with what state you're in today and then, you know, dive into your little, like what Ama Pia is all about. You see, it's interesting having this joke in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> good thing. But she's fully vaccinated. Just let the record. Yeah. <laughs> Pfizer, Pfizer gang. We are there. Um, yep, you know, we're we are here. Open. We're thriving. Yes. <laughs> we're present. So today I'm here in DC. So if, I, if I have my break background, then, you know, I'm in DC podcast listeners. You can't see, but just imagine visualize a cute brick wall lofty style apartment room. 
Um, anyway, my name is Amma Pia. Um, I am a 23 year old originally from Connecticut, uh, now moved to DC for my master's degree and getting my global MBA, um, which is basically like international business, specializing in marketing and um, international business, which is why um, it's been exciting to uh, help Jake and the team really launch Friendly Fest um, because it's just an awesome way to market to young people and also again, elevate their voices. So it's been really excited for, exciting for me and I'm really grateful to Jake and the team for you know allowing me to be a part of it um, and to see it come through. Um, I went to, I lived in Boston for a little bit before I actually moved to DC when throwback to when we didn't have a pandemic. Um, I lived in Boston for about a year. And then before that, uh, I went to the University of Connecticut where I was a biology major and communications double major. Um, throwback to when I was pre-med. Now I'm no longer, I saw the MCAT and I said, bye. I, <laughs> I Did you know I went into school being pre-med? Too. No way. Can, that is the biggest joke of all time. Wait, There's what? no, I saw that Wait, I had to sign up for chemistry and I was like, I was like, no, like, I think I'm, I think I'm really busy actually. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to be up until like right at the start of college. I really wanted to be a pediatrician. Wait, me too. No. Okay. Get out of here. I'm like, I need here. to end this episode because I'm going to like you too much and that's going <laughs> to be bad. Yeah. A little bit. No. <laughs> we what? That's so I and not a lot of people know that actually because I just don't talk about like, it. Like why? Yeah, I don't well, I'm like I don't and it's my whole family is, you know, in some both my sisters, both my parents, some sort of like health crisis. We you know that my whole sector. Too. That's so funny. Wow, to think I would never get who knew I could get like we could be more in sync because that's actually really crazy. But why? Go, would actually, I think we're good now. I'm like, I don't think we should talk anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I need a ghost you, Arma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screaming. I'm screaming. No, that's so funny. I think everyone starts off as pre-med and then we're like, no. But I think that's that's something with young people that um, I think is interesting. And I think when you look at young people in general and how we're perceived and what people want us to do. And I look at your podcast and what you're doing. And that's why I think you're doing an awesome job because you really highlight what those voices sound like and what they look like and what you can do with your, your voice as a youth. So, um, and that's something that um, in all of my career, even my academic career and just regular um, career, I've tried, I strive to do that. Um, and so when I was at UConn and I was a double major and was pre-med, I also was a student body president. And in that role, I really got a chance to also see in depth, like what that meant, um, elevating youth voices and how we helped people to find their voice. Um, and I think that's what's exciting about Friendly Fest specifically, because Friendly Fest is a platform where you know, there's artists who have not even performed before. So we're giving them a chance to really elevate their voice and to actually put it out there um, and give them almost that confidence boost. And so that's what really makes me excited. So no matter what job or, you know, task that I'm doing, it always has that common thread of, I want to help elevate those voices in whatever capacity that is. Um, and it just gets me very excited. I'm very passionate about it. So um, that's why I was really happy to meet you and to meet the friendly team in general, because I think Emma and Madison, shout out to them, have also, they also have that passion um, in the respective 
um, uh, professions or into, um, you know, in what they want to do. Um, and it's been really inspiring to be on a team that's just overall, that's what they're passionate about. Um, and to put on something like Friendly Fest where that's literally what we're doing and we're actually gonna see it through is it's gonna be really awesome. Like, I think it's a good thing that we're doing. Um, and I think the artists that are involved are really gonna look back on this event and be like, this is the first, this is my first gig almost, right? That, that it is quite literally. Um, and it's gonna be really meaningful to them. Um, so going forward. So I'm really excited to see it happen. I'm really excited to be on a team that, you know, is driven and sees the vision that I have um, as well. And I am continuing to just do me and be super busy, but as long as it follows that kind of line of thinking, I'm very happy doing it. So that's about me. <laughs> I, well, of course I love that. It's like everything that I love about you. Um, I, I, as always, and as what I've said before, like very much sort of like resonate with that. And um, I'll kind of add on because I mean, you talked about how you know, fulfilling it is for, to make other people fulfilled. And I think that's something I forget very like often that like, that's not, or like my motivation to do that is not work. It's, it is to feel personally fulfilled. And I think that's why, you know, even when it's like literally midnight and it's like, oh my God, I got to do this thing for like the, like the festival or even just friendly in general. Um, and I'm like, God, I wish I could like, just like go to bed. It's like, well, like basically when my day job is off and when everything else is turned off, like that is the time for friendly to really excel. And that's what I tell myself because I'm like, if like, I, I will do that again and again, like if that means that, as you said, like one person who even like picked up music during the pandemic and just really just completely 360, like fell in love with or 180. Yeah. Okay. I just graduated school. <laughs> We're not in geometry, y'all. Yeah, I was like, wait, I was like, that did not, not sound right. Listen, uh, I think it's, I think it's 180. I think it's <laughs> one because one and it is a straight line. Okay. Anyway, yes. um, complete, <laughs> complete 180, and um, oh. just really kind of took up music as something that really means a lot to them, and kind of giving them that first sort of opportunity of, uh, like, hey, like, come play this festival, and because something, um, uh, I learned, and I feel like I've told you before too, is like you know, one of the biggest like struggles of a young artist is kind of that same sort of process of like an internship where you need experience to get experience. Right. And so exactly. when you're starting, there's some, there's some um, phrase, like there's a short way of saying that it's like known as something. And I always catch 20, is it called catch 22? No. Is it? No, I don't know. Okay. Some, someone who's listening to this is going, oh my God, mute this kid. But, um, <laughs> No. Uh, no, there's like some, it's like a shorter way of saying what I just said, but anyway, um, now I lost my train of thought cause I got tripped up on me thinking, um, catch 22. Oh, experience to get experience. Um, <laughs> like one of the things that I really struggled with as years ago, as like an artist was going, okay, to book like a gig, you need footage of a previous gig. And it's like, well, what if I've never had a gig before? And then right. like, oh, or if like a venue will ask you, you know, what other venues in town have you played before? And it's like, well, I'm like at that time I was like I'm 19 like I have not like been to Ohio before like I don't I've not played across the city of Columbus and stuff like that right. but um I think uh like that was that was a very like tough or really discouraging sort of feeling going like well what like what am I supposed sure. to like, gonna do and yeah, so I think right. the way that we've kind of collaborated on Friendly Fest and building this up to be like Oh, like, you know, we didn't ask anybody for what have you done before? 
Like that was never a question that came out of my mouth or like, you know, what makes you qualified for this? There was quite literally no qualification. I think I was really, really happy to go, you know, open arms and really, especially for the origin in this like sort of genesis that Friendly's at right now to go, okay, all of these independent artists who have gravitated to us in some sort of way and have latched on at like a very early point, like this mm-hmm. is such a, like a way for us to give back to them to go, okay, we are going to ramp up and excite an audience like no other, because I will admit, tell me if you feel the same way, like the virtual sort of music, you know, concert or anything is starting to feel a little dull, especially as live music really starts to come back. Exactly. And so I think that's been an extra challenge for us. I feel like to especially, you know, build this up to be, how are we making this like an experience that you just happen to have in your living room rather than right. in a giant field somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, like music festival, cause that's where those happen. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to clarify, uh, we- <laughs> yeah, not, not, that wasn't just like a random, okay. Anyway. Um, but I think, uh, like, I think that was, that's been one of the most rewarding things because, you know, there's people who I've talked to on the phone that are like, this is going to be my first opportunity. And then I relay that back to you guys. And like, I see like that light in your guys' eyes of like, like, oh, like this is going to mean something, whether, right. you know, not a single soul, like even watches this, but there is going to be at least one artist somewhere, no matter where they're from, who is going to go. I played a music festival and that is going to give them one step up in this God awfully competitive music industry that we sort of experience today. No. And that's, that's the thing, you know, I think people don't realize actually how much commonality we have within each other when it comes to these professions of like, we are young and people do want the experience. My, the number one thing I hate is when you see um, a job posting and it's like, okay, we want a recent graduate. It's like, okay, I'm good. Like, that's me. I fit right in. And it's like, you need 15 years of experience. I'm like, I probably wasn't even born yet. I think I was like, no, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. It's so ridiculous. Um, and it's just so tough. And we're just seeing it more and more every day. And I think people fail to inter- understand the intersectionality between it all. Right. So it's not just those who are looking for corporate jobs, but it's also these artists and these musicians who have been impacted by um, the pandemic as well. Right. So I think this this festival will really showcase that and, and really put that into perspective for people. I think it's it's more than just the music, right? Like, and the music itself is more than what it is. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to hear the stories really come out and for us as audience the audience to be a part of the stories of the first timers. And I think it's really interesting for us as well. Now that I'm thinking, you know, you know, Jake, you are a musician as well. And even for me, I'm not an official musician, but I do write music, I do sing, I play guitar. And I think this is something where for us, it's just to to be on the other side and to help this come to life for these artists. Like we understand because for us, it's really, it was hard even when you just started to sing, you just started to write music, you wanted that validation, but you didn't really have it, right? Um, Because it's kind of like, well, you've never really done it before, you're new, you're just creating the blueprint. So how do you get the confidence to even continue to do that, right? Um, so I think it's really special for us as well to see it from our end and to help these artists continue on their journey and just to be a part of it. At least for me, I think that's where I also get fulfillment from because I know what that's like. And 
it's, it's very hard to have people really judge your craft, like right from the get-go right there, because they're seeing it in their on demand, ready to yeah. go. Well, and you're um, not even sure how you feel about it yet. So right, like, why exactly, are people judging exactly. it? Yeah. No, exactly. So it's kind of like, here we are, you know, we're learning that for ourselves now, um, no matter how long we've been playing music for. And now we can give that gift to someone else of, okay, we are going to validate you. Like, this is your chance to showcase what you have. And we're going to hopefully give you a platform and an audience to also see that light in you. Um, and so I think it's very multifaceted, this festival, and there's so many different ways you can think about it, but that's why I think it's so great. And I really hope that it can continue in, in the next coming years. So. I hope so too. And I hope um, I have to expand the team a little bit too. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love like the, like our sort of four of us team. Um, but I, I definitely think as this sort of becomes, you know, bigger and better, like I hope it can become in person one day because our whole sort of pitch has been, well, you know, like if I asked you being everybody listening, like what is the music festival that's known to launch careers? You're like, okay, like maybe you could think of like, okay, like a few, but like those even have like, those have like, you know, the headliner headliners and it's, right. but like if, if we could become the sort of like touring festival, like every single year, new city, like we're just going to highlight the crap out of the talent that is in this city. I think that would be insane. And then to have people know is like, oh, Friendly Fest is like, if you pay Friendly Fest, that like launches your career. Like that mm. would be my absolute dream to become like known known for that and that's gonna take a ton of work um that's it but that's it's also what we need though because that's yes. not what's happening right now you know what i'm saying like even if you look at the festival lineups that recently come out guys live music is back y'all just be careful i hope you all are vaccinated but if you even look at the lineups for those it really is it, there isn't something that's specifically like that i think that's what people need. And I think that falls right in line with what Friendly is all about is elevating youth voices um, and giving people the opportunity. So, um, I feel like, you know, I mean, the music industry it's, as a whole is very, is very much a, a gatekeeper industry, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, um, I feel like the way that we kind of like quite literally, Amma, myself, Emma and Madison, the team behind Friendly Fest right now, are quite literally, I feel like we're like charging those gates with like flamethrowers and sledgehammers. Like, I feel like that's kind of like the, and is that an analogy? Okay. English was never like my best subject. I think that's an analogy, <laughs> metaphor. I guess it can be both. I don't know. Um, my English teacher is hopefully not listening, but if they are, I'm so sorry. Uh, but I feel like that's kind of like what we're doing because there is absolutely no need to you know, create any sort of barrier to entry or any sort of way that you work within the industry. And we don't have to necessarily, I dove into the concept of the music industry very quickly and easily, um, which is a dangerous path for me to talk about because I could go on for days. Um, but I do, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how marketing the festival has been really, really difficult. Because even, I mean, even like, I mean, actually, I actually feel, I do, how long ago did we start planning like it was it's at least a few three four months five six I can't even know well the festival or marketing because marketing well I don't know how you guys did it before I came on but I think I came on like end of March almost it wasn't I it wasn't like maybe had one sort of discussion about it before you really like came 
and like there was like nothing really before um okay so what it's been yeah three three four-ish months um yeah. I feel like even since that time our our trajectory has really changed so I'm wondering if if you're kind of open to talking a little bit about like okay kind of what you've like witnessed as that sort of change like as especially as somebody because you I mean international marketing is a whole new a whole new ball game that I um would not succeed in uh at least yet hopefully um but uh, especially for a festival, you know, the silver lining of it being virtual is it is a global sort of event. Like anyone really around the globe can tune in. Um, so how that's the trajectory of, you know, pushing this event has really changed, especially where three or four months ago, live music was not a thing. And now we're starting to see it come back. So we're kind of, you know, competition wise, really facing a, a different sort of beast than we did, you know, just a few short weeks ago. Yeah, no, it's it has been really difficult, um, and that's that's not new, right? Um, I've I uh, in at my during my university years, I've worked um, in a concert. Uh, I guess it, what was it? Concert committee, pretty much. So we've put on shows before. We've had Khalid come. Um, we've had uh, Lil Uzi as well. We've put on these large events, and I think every time we've had that. <laughs> kind of thing. There's there's always something and everything changes, whether it's, you know, from a marketing standpoint or even PR standpoint and trying to turn, like resolve a crisis, like any kind of event like this is going to have its shortcomings um, and we will overcome them. Um, but I think this has been really interesting for me to be a part of because things have just changed so quickly because the culture is changing so quickly due to the pandemic and the economy as well. So you have to include those factors. Um, those are factors that you, well, the economy specifically, you included that right into event planning before, but now it's a whole new territory. And now you factor in technology as well in the sense of how are people gonna gain access to this and how many people are gonna gain access to it? To it how can we track it? Um, and how can we use that information to inform what our strategy is? Um, and usually those are questions like that last question, that's something you do over time, right? But now we're doing this like on a week to week basis. Like, so before our meetings, Jake, like I'm always thinking about that and saying, okay, like we need to change our strategy or like, is this gonna work? Is this not gonna work? Um, so you really just have to be on top of it um, at all times and just have all your ears open and make sure that you are going in the right way and making sure you're actually bringing up these ideas to the team in a timely manner so that they know what to do as well on their end. Um, and that's important when it comes to sponsorships and just overall, you know, talking to the artists, understanding what we need from them, um, when we need it from them, if it's appropriate to ask what we're asking for from them, you know? Um, and so I think that's been an interesting part of the festival just because of the timing of, of it all and when we're putting it on, especially when we're now in this weird hybrid of, okay, we're back, but we're not back with live music. Um, and, but then now we're kind of pushing towards, oh, we're back now. And how is that going to be done? So we're kind of in this hodgepodge of different things. And I think it's just been interesting to, to get to know it and understand it. It makes it very difficult. I think one of the hardest parts of, of trying to market this is social media, which I think a lot of people underestimate. They say, oh, you just post something and that's it. No, there's so much strategy that goes into it. Things that I've even underestimated too. Um, as someone who views herself as a pioneer um, for social media influencing um, that whole marketing sphere, because I was there, I was doing pretty much social media international marketing 
community engagement from the beginning of Twitter and Instagram. So my background was really seeing that grow and seeing that evolve. So I have a lot of history and understanding, okay, what makes that work? Now you factor in TikTok, which is a whole different sphere. And you talk about reels as well on Instagram, which is TikTok's competitor. And it's kind of like, how do we get this audience? Because a lot of the friendly artists that, um, you know, are coming to our festival do have, uh, or playing our festival do have that large audience on TikTok. And TikTok is really where Gen Z lives. Um, Instagram is not really the thing anymore. And so now you have to cater to this whole new art, um, this whole new audience. And if we're saying that we want to elevate youth voices, that's the place to go. But even yeah. for TikTok, I don't think people have mastered TikTok yet because their algorithm is literally changing by the second. Yeah, not and a single person. No, no, it's it's very difficult to navigate. And then on top of that, there are policies in place for TikTok that make it that are not intersectional and are not diverse. So it makes it hard for people to even get their voice out there right now, regardless of what we do in terms of marketing, right? So we talk about black creators or even Asian creators as well, just minority groups. It's just tough for them to get their voice out there, especially black people. So it's kind of like, okay, now we need to market to Gen Z, but how do we even do it if the algorithm doesn't even let us get to those people? Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's very complicated um, and it makes it makes trying to market a festival like this, especially when it's um, being live streamed, very difficult. Um, and so it just requires us to be on top of our game all the time. And it also, um, it requires us to say no to certain things, right? So I know we've had those kind of conversations in the past few weeks of, is this good necessary? Like, I know we wanted to do this. It might not be necessary right now. We might not be able to do it. It might just be a matter of, we can't do it right now. Um, yeah. And those kinds of things hurt, right? Because you, you you have this vision of, okay, like this is what I wanted to do. And I know if we did this, like we could elevate it, we can just get it to the next level. But really um, what comes with marketing, international marketing, um, talking about an event like this, it comes with humil humility. Um, and it comes with a sense of vulnerability of, okay, this is, we can't do this anymore. This let's, let's pivot. Like, let's change. Like, if we can't do this, what can we substitute for that? Can we get to the same goal with what we're going to do now with this? Does it mean that we have to go all out and all in for this part? Does it mean it's going to be easier? No, because saying no to the other thing that you wanted to do doesn't mean that it's suddenly going to make your life easier. It just means that we have to shift because something's not working anymore. And it re might require more work because you're not doing that other thing anymore. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of strategy um, that people don't realize, um, especially with social media, especially with working with young voices and elevating and targeting those groups. It's very multifaceted. Um, and I think people are starting to now kind of see it now that I think a lot of Gen Z people are wanting to be influencers and wanting to be a part of this creator sphere. It's not as clean cut anymore. And I think even the music industry is noticing that too, um, realizing how multifaceted this is. And I think historically the music industry has, has had a formula. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but they have in terms of creating events, in terms of discovering artists and who they decide to elevate, right? Depending on what the budget looks like, they have a formula, they know where they want to invest their money in and who they want to invest their money in at the time um, and what that actually requires. And I think now, especially with TikTok and with the fact that we didn't have live events anymore, they're now having to pivot as well and think like, 
wow, this is more intersectional than we think it is. It's not black and white. The same way we're doing things is we can't do that anymore. And even if live events do come back, it's not, it's still not going to be the same at all. Um, and we can see if you, if you guys don't believe me, like think about even Olivia Rodrigo, right? <laughs> think of her versus some of these other smaller artists. And I love Olivia Rodrigo. Let me not, let me put this as like, oh, no yeah, there, will, there will be no, no shade because she ever. is literally iconic. I'm just making a point. So, so like, <laughs> she's just, example. Yes. Yes. just, you know, she's just, she's iconic, but you know, like she was obviously, you know, on these shows before and, um, you know, it took her a long, long, long time to get to where she is now. But in the fact that Interscope picked her up just like that and they decided, we're going to invest in her, right? And and push that. And it's worked. Mostly, obviously, because of her as a person. She's just such a great personality. But when someone believes in you and says, I'm going to invest in you and say, I'm going to elevate you. We're going to give you this album. The opportunity that, that she had is very rare. I, th- I hope you guys understand. Like, literally, she, like, Interscope said, we're going to let you do this album. Do it on your terms. Um, to a certain extent, and we're going to release it within a year. A lot of people don't get that. Okay. Like rarely any. Yes. Like it was able to write her own music, put out this album all within a span of a year. If you've listened to her interviews, um, you know, she started writing this album really when the pandemic started, like we were in the midst of the pandemic. And so she had that opportunity and she got to release it within a year and look at the blowout that it's had. Um, and a lot of and it has a debut come. album at that too. debut like- <laughs> album, like that's, that's the product of not only only you have a fantastic, like brilliant singer songwriter, but that singer songwriter also has the means to back it up because someone believed in her, you see, and a lot of people don't realize that. And even Interscope had to not do things in the way they usually do. They had to kind of go literally bring out all the stops, a car wash, um, Depop, uh, Depop, if you guys don't know Depop, um, you can, you know, you sell clothes, you can sell your clothes through that, right? Literally a, a market, a the, promotion. The market, Sour Patch. Right? Sour Patch. The like, Sour Patch clutch. That was like this, one of the, that like made me, my like jaw drop. I was like, that is the, so obvious, but so, so smart. So I love right. that we both religiously followed the marketing strategy for that whole album so intensely. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? Because it, it's it's actually fascinating. Like it it reminds me almost of BTS in a way of the sense of like it's it's very unique, um, and the timing is correct. Um, but you have two artists. To me, you have two artists who are incredibly talented, and they write their music, and they have ownership, which is you, you, that's which is also common. incredibly rare. It's very rare. Like it just doesn't happen. But then when you have the backing, I think Olivia is a little bit different because, you know, she had the backing from the get-go. BTS did not have that. And they're already a foreign artist. So that puts them in a very, very tough standpoint that they're still experiencing now. Again, Olivia is a 19-year-old girl who did have some opportunities here and there through the music or through the songs um, that she wrote through High School Musical, um, the, the show, the series, whatever it's called. The other show she was on on Disney. That was a lo- it was a long title. You know, I can't it's remember. A, everyone, everyone knew what you're talking about. It's a okay. tongue twister. <laughs> you know, I can't do all that. But I think like that was know, also a very smart marketing because everyone knows it goes to the High School Musical. And like, yeah, everyone knows what it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so it, it all worked. 
But the thing is, she had the backing for it. These artists that we're looking at for Friendly Fest, for example, they have been, some of these people probably have been doing this for years and have never had that break. And yeah. I think that's why it's really important. Like what we're doing is really important, but what we're doing is actually very strategic and it's very tough to make these calls sometimes because you're literally doing it on a week to week basis, sometimes day to day. Um, I think, I don't even know if in our meetings, Jake, that I convey that as, as much as maybe I should, but that's just how the marketing strategy is. And um, if you're not careful, you miss out on an opportunity if you don't do it right. Uh, but who even knows what right is anymore? And I think the yeah, music is in next week. Out next week who knows what could be the the thing or the the launching pattern yeah absolutely even the metrics that we use to measure what people actually listen to like the billboard charts they're very flawed um and i think now like 100 flawed and i think now it's just recently that people are starting to see that especially with bts because now you're having this conversation of okay is fans buying music the metric or streaming the music is a metric because the general public is using streaming more. They're not really buying, right? You know, I music. Tell you the last time I bought yeah. any any music of any right, form. right, exactly. And for these artists who are having to rely on streaming because that's how the general public is, they're not going to go buy music, unfortunately. Which is so, it's I think it's ridiculous, it's crazy, but it's truthful. Like who that's not the thing anymore right so for these artists who have to literally struggle to get those streams and they're not getting paid for it if you look at their the uh, policies for these platforms they're not getting paid for it oh yeah oh i can tell you spotify does not no pay well jake knows jake knows (laughs) no i just wrote wrote like a paper for school on this like wait i would love to read that like no really yeah Yeah. i would love to read i will send it to you it's a whole great It's a whole thing. But the reason why I bring it up is again, back to just friendly fest. Like again, these artists, they're trying their best. They're pulling out all the stops and they're doing it independently because they want their ownership. Okay. And there's artists out there like Olivia Rodrigo, who is fantastic, who is lucky in a sense of the timing. Right. And then there's other artists. I like to compare BTS who has been in the, in the industry for 10 years, 10 years. And they have ownership, also brilliant songwriters in their language, right? And brilliant songwriters, I mean, even in English, but they get shortcomings because the translations don't, it's not the same, right? It's not as powerful sometimes. 10 years, they have ownership. You don't have the backing either because they're a foreign mm-hmm. artist. So there's no, <clears throat> there's no like linear strategy is what I'm saying. And so that's why these kinds of opportunities like Friendly Fest are important. And that's why the marketing is so strategic, but it's just very tough in this in this time. But I think we're gonna learn a lot from this experience that we can take going forward in the next year and you know next coming years, because you want to turn this into a live event. And I think it's gonna be interesting what that translation is gonna be like, if that makes sense. That was my TED talk. I'm sorry, everyone, good no. night. <laughs> um, there we go. No. I think you have such a professional realistic, but there is like an underlying sense of like hope in that like, okay, shifting usually is at least in a optimistic mindset, like a good sign in terms of like, okay, we're adjusting like a little bit. So something's moving at least like sometimes stagnant is just worse. Um, But I think, uh, I mean, 
our like conversation about you know sales versus streaming i mean i could i don't think i could even name somebody i know who still buys music um mm -hmm. but uh i also feel like you know this sort of transition to like any sort of streaming platform has really opened the door in terms of accessibility and discovery right. of new artists because exactly. if i don't have to put in my credit card information if i want to listen to an artist like that's that removes a huge barrier but of course you're like but in terms of you know building you know funds to you know sustain a career it's it's nearly impossible and you have to have millions of streams to to pay a, a month's rent now um which is so awful but i also feel like another challenge that has kind of arisen with this festival um is this kind of concept of like people and i've noticed this a lot lately if people really want to support like you know up and coming sort of small artists people want to be that discovery but nobody ever really wants to be the absolute first no one wants to be the one monthly listener on spotify just yet um so i think there's this huge challenge of like there's some ambiguous number that is a validation of oh people are listening to this person but not enough people yet i still discovered them and sometimes getting to that number is the hardest thing of all because i think once you get to that point that's when you sort of start to move because there's this sort of validation or approval for people to like you as a small artist because other people do um i mean music is so diverse now it's like you un unintentionally really like music because you think other people think it's it's good because we don't even know what our own taste is because I listen to all different kinds of things but I feel like with Friendly Fest we sort of face this dichotomy and I'm really glad we chose this route ultimately of you know do we especially as this first ever version of the event do we go with, you know, artists who have that sort of base, who have reached that sort of point so we can really make sure people know about this event? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're promoting our our event. It it we're motivated by promoting the artist, but it is ultimately promoting Friendly Fest in that sort of name. Like I'm not, you know, blind to that fact, but we also could have like, you know, gone the route of like, well, you know, open the, open the doors to like everybody, like let's not opt for the built-in fan base. Let's opt in for the artists that we put our faith in and just, just like how they're putting their faith in us. I mean, we have absolutely, you know, no credibility compared to other sort of things. This is the first thing we've ever put on. And I'm really glad that we chose that second option because I think when you work with people who haven't reached that ambiguous number yet and you know their career their growth isn't um automatic like they're not just growing 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 because you know they've reached that point that algorithms then go in their favors before that point nobody works harder than those people because they know that point exists and if they are not at that point yet they are going to grind they are going to collaborate with you in such a deep and meaningful way that i think that then bleeds over into the work that we do of like this person's giving their all to us why on earth would i give them any less than that of than that on my behalf and i think i'm really glad we chose that route because I think we have felt the inspiration from so many of these artists. And I, like truthfully, I listen to this playlist of these artists every single day. And I am like floored every single time. The diversity of talent and the absolute dedication and style and how these, like these artists really compare as humans to their, to their style and the way that they deliver, you know, music versus where 
how they just deliver their personality. I mean, talking to these people has been such a privilege because, you know, I mean, I feel like I've been exposed to so much ambition and so much creativity that I feel like I can't stop like moving and shaking because I'm like, I want a piece of this passion that they are sharing with us. And I'm so, so, so happy that we really chose to opt for those, that group of people, because I, I think this event would be something totally different. And I mean, it hasn't even happened yet, um, but I, I really could not be more proud of where we came in to, you know, to your point of like, well, you know, I think these past two weeks, especially, I mean, we're a month ish out now. Friendly Fest, by the way, is July 17th and 18th. We have yet to say that everyone needs to grip their tickets. I'll put it in the link in the description of this episode, but um, <laughs> it's free by the way. And I feel, I feel awful saying that because we took the word free out of our vocabulary because for some reason we value a free event and we don't have time to get into the psychology of that. But um, again, totally lost my train of, of thought there. Oh, but we're a month out. Um, and I think that's when a lot of new challenges really pose. I mean, we dreamed big with this thing. We said, what if this, okay, add that to the agenda. What if this add that? And I think as we get to this sort of point of like, okay, this is where we're at a month out. I think we did a really, a really good job multiple times lately of centering ourselves around, well, what is the purpose here? Like July 19th, when this is done, what are we going to realize and look back for the past two days and months, truthfully, and go, oh, we did that exactly the way that we wanted to i think kind of thinking about that question now really geared us in the right direction of like okay putting our effort and energy because there really only is four of us behind this i mean we are all incredibly talented people who want to give so much but we do have our own limits um i think kind of knowing what we want to choose to invest in recognizing well at the end of the day we just want eyes on this festival we want people to enjoy these artists and we want people to discover their new favorite creator like that's really that's really the ultimate goal and i think when we kind of came back to that um i think that's when i kind of realized like okay this this is the underlying mission and it took a long time to get there but i'm again i'm really happy with all the decisions that we've made um and that was my ted talk um, I have no idea where that came from. Apparently, I need to do more episodes at nine o'clock in the morning because right. I was like, <laughs> I was full on intro- introspection. Is that I've in- never, I've never used the word introspection, and I don't think it is a word. Introspective. Introspective. Yep, that word would have <laughs> never come out of my mouth past the morning. Let's <laughs> see. I'm telling you, it's the nine thirty. Oh, it's the nine thirty. You need to. Get up. Let's go. You are a morning and person. So I, I am a morning. I'm, I'm a very like independent morning person though. Like I will be up at six o'clock and yeah. I will work, but like only if it's like me and my brain, like communicating and talking like at, in, in that sort of early hours, like that's what like, stro- like this is, this is all my mental energy of the day. It's already <laughs> been strained, but I, no other I place I'd rather it. spend it. <laughs> I love it. Um, just to touch on something that you did say, I want to make this point because I know I, I've been reading a lot about this argument in the last, I think, three weeks or so of, you know, how we were looking at the two groups of artists, right? Those who might not just need that push, right? And they don't have that fan base yet. They're not right um, ready there, um, to go yet. Um, I think it's really interesting because you know, this is when we have this discussion of streams versus sales, for example, um, 
you know, people talk a lot about fan bases and the loyalty of them and how, um, you know, like how the success should be measured and also just who, who likes the music and how many people do like it. And if you're like the first person to, I think you mentioned like the first person to discover this music, there's like this sort certain, like, I don't want to say romanticizing, but there's like this idea of, oh, I'm cool because I haven't listened, like no one else um, has listened to this and people are going to perceive me as like an indie cool person because, you know, they see me listening to this, this um, obscure artist. And I think it's really interesting how the like, like the psychology behind all of those things are, because that plays into, you know, what we do with the fest. And again, why our intention for, it, as you were saying, um, in your latter end of the TED talk, right? Because if you, I think if we look at the success, I bring up BTS again, am I always going to talk about them? I just, I think, I think if you haven't, <laughs> it's a great example. No, it's an excellent example. I mean, yeah. every time you brought them up, it's been an, a perfect way to explain. <laughs> I just think their story is very interesting. And if you haven't, if you're not into the music, whatever, but I think you should do, people should do more research about their background. Again, I bring them up because uh, we look at BTS and Olivia Rodrigo um, in the past three weeks, they've kind of been battling on the billboard charts. And I think what's been going on with them is a perfect example of why we chose the latter group for Friendly Fest and, and motivating and promoting those artists, right? Because um, BTS has this very, they've had this very small fan base that they've been growing for 10 years, right? And a lot of the conversations that I've had and I've been researching about in regards to music and selling and streaming is, you know, that for these artists, especially these artists that we're working with now, it's very, it's actually more important to have a, a strong fan base, a bit small, but it's more important to have a strong loyal fan base than to actually have the general public passively streaming your music. Um, because those are the people who are gonna be like, I'm gonna buy tickets to the show. I'm gonna buy the music. This is gonna go directly to you. I'm not gonna go through this third party like Spotify and have all this money distributed, whatever, wherever. And then you're only gonna get a certain, the smallest cut, right? They're saying, I'm investing in you. And um, I think that speaks volumes to what people actually want, right? People like they know what they like. And if you have a fan base, they're not gonna care what other people think of them right? They don't care yeah. that, oh, if I'm cool, if I'm viewed as, oh, I'm listening to this indie artist, so I'm cool. And people think I'm like, no, like, that's not what they say. I like your music. I like what you're doing. I have access to it. I'm going to pay for it. And those are the kinds of people who, you know, they, the fans are the kinds of people who have been a part of this artist's journey from the beginning. And so that's why I think it's really important to give this kind of platform friendly fest to these artists, because this could be the chance where people discover them and they're at the really the very beginning and they get to see the growth and they get to see the impact that they have directly on their career. Um, and so for them, they're like, it doesn't matter how big or small the fan base is as much as you, as you have, as long as you have that small fan base that will always be willing to pay for that kind of thing. That's what's important. Um, there's this artist named Russ. I think he's a rapper. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember. I, I don't listen to his music, but I was watching this documentary and he was saying how he didn't start to make 
money or his career didn't start to take off until he built that fan base. And he really said, I'm taking ownership of what this is. I'm going to look for my own opportunities, even if it's free, even if I'm not getting anything out of it. I know I'm building a fan base. I'm building that loyalty because I want, I only want like the people who are listening to me, I want to reach them directly. Um, And I think there's a really big issue right now that I hope Friendly Press will combat of, of, you know, when we talk about fans and fandom and loyalty and streaming and passive streaming, there's a really big issue about how that's perceived and how we perceive each, how we perceive each other and how we listen to music, which is really weird because it's like, listen to the music you like, like <laughs> listen to the artists you like, support the artists you like. Um, but when we look at artists like BTS who now have this giant, huge fandom um, that they've built over 10 years and those those fans are willing to buy the music because they just like it not because of anything else but they genuinely like the music they put out um there's now a conversation of questioning what it, what that loyalty looks like and if it's legitimate um and that's why i think it's important for us to be i keep saying I, that's why i think it's important for friendly fest um, because i think we're doing a really important thing of we're not questioning the legitimate legitimacy of these artists. We're saying you have talent, you, you like to sing, you wanna put your voice out there, just do it. We're not gonna question the legitimacy. And the fans, hopefully that we, um, you are exposed to um, from this festival, hopefully they're not gonna question the, like, the legitimacy either because they're just gonna genuinely like it based on what they, their tastes are. They're gonna find you legitimate on their own regardless of what other people think. Yeah. Um, and so these kinds of opportunities are really important um, for these artists and to do it from the beginning is critical um, because that's how you're going to build that loyalty and that's how they're going to give, I think, validation and confidence to these artists. Um, and that's ultimately more important than I think what we're seeing that with streaming and, you know, what the general public thinks and what other people think about the listen music that you're listening to. It's really just like, you know, giving these artists a, a platform and then seeing who you like and diving, giving your all and support to these artists so that they can also um, give back to you with the music that they, they make. I hope that wasn't too much of a tangent, but I think it's just really no. important. <laughs> and I think, and I think everybody who tunes in is going to be absolutely floored by the talent that, and I will say every single artist is essentially self-producing their, their mm. set from wherever yeah. they want. And I mean, so far, like there's, there is this really beautiful, beautiful silver lining with Friendly Fest. And that's that, you know, it's a music festival, but there is nothing, um, uh, there's so much we've really, I think tapped into this summer nostalgia for music festivals. But I also think mm-hmm. um, there's something really beautiful about like, you know, you're not constricted to a stage and the general layout of a stage anymore. Like pe- we've given people the freedom to, perform wherever you want and people have really taken that um and really embedded that I think within their personality and how they want to deliver it's essentially 30 plus first impressions um over the course of two days and every single person is treating it like it's it's their all and I I really think everyone's going to be absolutely amazed and enjoy it so much and really feel fulfilled by like I supported you know, the chart toppers of, even though the charts are meaningless. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I should use a different, tomorrow. yeah. But like a, whatever it is, artists of tomorrow, like you are supporting them and you're seeing yes. it from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised 
how much you'll relate to them and how much you'll love their creativity and what they made. Yeah. Like it's going to be awesome. I, I love the artists that we have on our lineup. So I love them all dearly so much. And even if they're like, okay, the feeling's not mutual. I'm like, that's too bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to love you anyway. Uh, (laughs) um well Alma I feel awful we didn't even talk about the podcast but I will plug that like crazy um Alma's podcast is if if you like this show you will absolutely love Alma's show it's at least five times better so much better produced and incredible and beautiful so go listen to that instead of mine but um (laughs) no no like I I mean it you're like is incredible it's absolutely amazing but um anyway um I do need to make sure we fit in the last two questions that I always ask um every guest on groundbreaking um and the first one being is just what what are we manifesting for you what are we really joining you in you know, closing your eyes and going, this is where I want to be one day. This is the moment I would have where I'd sigh and go like, Amma, you did it. Oh my God. That's a big, just a like, like a light question. Oh, to end the show. Yeah. Question to end this <laughs> off. Like, I don't know. Like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll just go with the simple one just to be happy. That's all. I just want to be a positive light to people and to be happy and feel confident in what I'm doing and help others feel confident in what they're doing. So I think that's very simple, but I think it's huge. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, that's as great a goal as any. I yeah. Think that's, I think that's really simple and very true to your character too. Oh, um, you. <laughs> and then the very last thing that I want to ask you, and I'll do my very short little spiel about why I asked this, but I feel like so many times we listen to various pieces of content where we try to pull advice from, and I feel like the vi- advice is very surface level and very difficult to implement into whatever we're working on you know follow your heart can only go so far like when I sit down at my desk and go well what am I actually doing to do that like it I feel like there's this bridge that we don't often um connect enough and so my question for you is you know people spent the last hour um listening to really both of us talk about why we're so passionate about this event and kind of how we really see um, the work that we do really go into it. Um, mm-hmm. If somebody has another hour right now to really invest in their passion project, whether you know that be music or marketing related or not, um, what's something that you would advise them to do? Like a very tangible task to be like, even if this you just spend an hour doing this, you will take one step forward. Yeah, um, I will put what I'm going to say under this umbrella of create opportunities for yourself, right? Don't wait for someone to give you something. I think what we've seen in this pandemic is that, you know, it's very easy to lose everything, right? All your plans kind of go to trash. Like it's very easy to do that. So, or to have that happen. So um, when I say create opportunities for yourself, look within yourself and really take some time to jot down, even if it's like three to five things of like, what do you absolutely need? Like, what do, can you not sacrifice? What is something, what are five things that you know that you're going to need in your career? Or if you want to get to a certain place, like what are five things you absolutely, absolutely need and look at those things and see how you can create opportunities out of them. And from there, reach out to your network, um, go on LinkedIn, go on your school's alumni page, search specifically what you're looking for um, to find people you can connect well with. Find people that you want to be friends with. I think people go on LinkedIn or they try and network in this very cold, 
um, very opportunistic way. And that's not what it's about. I think for me, in the ways that I try to create opportunities for myself, I really just try and find people that I actually want to be friends with. Like people that I, I want to learn from, people that I'm inspired by, so that when I'm connecting with them for the first time on a Zoom call, it's more than just, oh, please give me this. It's more, how can we do this together? Because we're both passionate about it and I want to learn from you and I actually genuinely admire you. Um, and so I think that's very helpful regardless if you're, if you're a musician or just a creator or just someone, anyone. I think anyone can use that. Um, it can be applied in different ways, but I think it's important to look within yourself, jot down those things of, okay, what do I actually need and what can I not sacrifice in order to get to where I need to be? Because I think a lot of the times we don't really tell people how they can support us. And I think that is the first way of telling people how you can, how they can support you and help you get to where you need to be. <clears throat> and then actually finding the people who can actually get you to that point is that next step of find your friends, you know, like find people you want to be friends with. I think that's how I honestly met you like through Tina, because Tina is one of yeah. my, I love that girl with all my heart, but I also was so happy to meet you because I felt like we had so much to connect on and I genuinely wanted to be your friend. Like I didn't want, I didn't want anything. <laughs> like I just want, like all this kind of came as a byproduct, but I just loved your energy and I, I loved your passion. And I think through that, I got to learn a lot from you and um, in the stuff that we're doing. And so uh, I think those two things are critical in order to create opportunities for yourself. And the rest is just, you know, it'll be a, all the other opportunities that come as a result are gonna be a byproduct of those two things because now you you understand yourself and you know what you need. Um, and then you can find the people who can actually help you um, and give you what you need. And the opportunities will come later. That's it. I, I feel like I've learned so much from you in that being one of those lessons of you know really? approach approach it from a very humane sort of standpoint and what's meant to be will will work out naturally yeah if you just if you show your ambition constantly and you make sure that your vision is expressed always mm -hmm. um the people who trust you to deliver that vision vision will give you the opportunity to do that um but you know really building an opportunity for yourself has always been something that i've really embodied yeah. like okay well let's create a music festival because i think it'd be cool yeah to play a music festival so let's do it like yeah, it's fun as simple as it, that why, it makes why me not happy. why not just do it and it sounds like a big it's like whoa oh my god can i do that no don't doubt yourself right know what you need and find the people who can get you what you need and who can be your friend in that process because it's yeah. not easy this whole thing is it's very tough and so if you can find people who can support you, but also just be your friend that you really enjoy to be around, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. And even if it fails completely, you are so much further ahead yeah. in where you want to be than you were before. Exactly. Because now you know what worked and what didn't work and how to apply that for next time. You just pivot, change your strategy. strategy. Yeah. That's it. That's been, and that's been our strategy. And I don't know, so far, I think it's working out. Who knows? Though? I think it's fine. But you know, yeah. <laughs> Well, Alma, thank you so much for your time today. Seriously, every single time I get to talk to you is, is such a gift. And I really appreciate all of your transparency and insight as always. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't believe I'm on this show. This is so exciting. <laughs> well, it, it means a lot to me, truthfully. And um, there's a lot of work to be done ahead. So I hope people stay tuned. Yes. Excited for you guys to come tune into Friendly Fest, uh, July 17th and 18th, 6 to 9 
live streaming on YouTube and friendlymedia.com. You guys better be there. Get your tickets, please. <laughs> She's got the pitch nailed. All the well, links will be that. in the description. So we're gonna make it super easy for you. Oh. And the tickets are, we're not supposed to say free, but the tickets are easily accessible. You don't have to put in your credit card information for a ticket. What? No, so just go, go on there, show. Listen, it, it wouldn't be me as a creative marketing director without me plugging that in. Yes. So. Oh, I was like, I, I was like I, she's going to say this. Yes. Alma, thanks yes. so much as always. You're the best. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, Alma, for joining me on the show today. Be sure to continue connecting with Alma by following at Alma Apia and following at The Bonnet Talks on social and searching The Bonnet Talks wherever you're listening to this podcast right now to check out her show. Also, be sure to get your tickets to Friendly Fest happening July 17th and 18th. Free tickets are available at the link in the description. Well, team, we'll see you soon for some more groundbreaking. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media. That's F-R-N-D-L-Y on all platforms. You can also follow me at Jake Wittenberg. All links are in the description. That's all for today. I will see you next time for some more groundbreaking. Groundbreaking is a Friendly Media original podcast. All opinions in today's show are my own. For more and to connect with our show, visit FriendlyMedia.com.